right. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast. If you've listened to previous episodes, you've likely heard snippets of Gemini maybe disagreeing a little bit on smart homes or IoT products. So we thought, why not do a special episode dedicated to debating smart homes, IoT, all the fun Wi-Fi devices. Let's give introductions of today's panelists. It is really just Jem and I, but Jem started off. Jem Young, Engineering Manager at Netflix. And I'm Ryan Burgess. I'm an Engineering Manager at Netflix. In each episode of the Front End Happier podcast, we like to choose a keyword that if it's mentioned at all in the episode, we will all take a drink. What did we decide, Jem? Network. Network. All right. So if we say network, which I'm assuming we will, probably it will come up. <laughs> we will take a drink. I thought I'd start off, Jem. I know like I personally have always been fairly excited about home de- smart home devices, mainly because I like the ability that I can control things around the house from anywhere. So if I'm not home or whatever it is, like I can control it. Uh, if I leave my lights on, I'm like, oh, I can turn them off or, oh, did I lock the door? Oh, it's locked. Or even just the automation part. I love all that. Like just being able to make things easier that just things just happen. The time of day, things change. That's been my mentality. But I also want to recognize, and I think we've made jokes about this on previous episodes, is not everything needs to be connected. Not every little thing that is like, hey, why not throw a Wi-Fi on that and make it smart? It doesn't need that. Or there's things where I'm like, why? So I I do stand behind some of that, but I am very curious to hear your thoughts around what do you think about smart homes? And, you know, you've you've maybe been on a little bit different side of the fence. So uh, I'll start off with I'm not anti-technology. I I am in in some regards, um, but we'll, we'll dig into that a little later. I'll put it this way. So Ryan, other than schooling, and any education you've had, what qualifies you to make software? Uh, Are there any certifications you've had in the past? Or... No, no, definitely not. So an oversight no. board who's like double checking your work or? Nope. So therein lies, Ship it. There, therein lies my problem with connected technology. There's no rigor put into a lot of the devices that you end up counting on. So your smart lock, for instance, who, who, who audits the security behind that? How do I know I can't just drive by with a, a router and a, and a Bluetooth scrambler or something and hack into your smart home? You don't know. And the problem is I know, and we know about software and we know about there's all levels of engineers. There's really, really good ones. There's really, really bad ones everywhere in between. And there's no guarantee about this person who's making this life-saving device for your, or safety device for your house is a good software engineer. You have no way of proving that. And increasingly, I see more and more crappy software pushed out because it's super cheap these days, like connected devices, Raspberry Pis, like anybody can build a smart home thing, put up an, a, a nice package, sell it on Instagram. Boom, you got an, you have a smart home device, but it's backed by nothing. You don't know if it was like packaged up by some Russian hackers and put, put into a nice box with an American company <laughs> and a, a smiling lady on the, on the package. You don't know any of this stuff. And... That's that's one aspect is like the rigor behind these devices. There there isn't a lot. The second part is there's no support. There's no there's no enforcement from the government or any agency that says like, hey, I just spent a thousand dollars wiring up my my device to some smart hub that it's going to work in a year from now or two years from now. Heck, we've seen it from Google where it's like, oh, by the way, we're going to end of life this product. There's literally a 
a website. I think it's called like Google Graveyard or something with all the products they've killed over the years out of nowhere. It just stopped working. That's not the, that's not what I want. I want reliability. Everything we have in our house, like from the electricity to the water, to even the, the house itself, all has been through, permitted through people that are licensed, have spent years in their craft. Why? Because we've learned these lessons from house fires and collapses and like all these other things. Yet it's like we've forgotten all that when it comes to technology. It's like, hey, this this guy who's selling something on the street, yeah, that's good enough for me. Put let me put it in my house. So that that's my my anti uh, smart home rant. Uh, Brian Burgess with the rebuttal. Oh, that's good. I mean, I I follow some of what you're saying. I don't disagree, but I I do in the sense that I think that there's, you know, we you pick on Google, which it's fair. They end of life things, and that is is bad. But I also look at it as I trust Google putting in more effort and granted they're going to make mistakes all the companies do but i'm going to trust that buying something like the nest products or google backed product they're putting more effort into security and thinking about those things than yeah your typical thing that you bought off craigslist or you know whatever like russian site that you're talking about gem there's a little more to that or you brought up the smart lock thing and people could hack that right it's really, really easy to pick a lock or break into someone's house without it being smart. I, you know, like it doesn't matter. It's like super easy to do. Locks are just like a mechanism to make it just a little bit harder to to just not open the door. The security pieces do sometimes scare me, I think, in the sense that, you know, what what if someone did hack your network and or even they are in just another country and they're now remoted into your house and can start controlling things that scares me that uh, definitely is a fear of mine but for the most part like the security on that door lock is like that actual door lock is probably more secure than a normal door lock yeah i don't know that's been my thinking on it but to your point on the software pieces should people have certificates i don't know uh, i mean do we have it for netflix as engineers and like people rely on netflix that, you know, we don't want it to go down. And, and so I think it's like, it depends on the products that you're buying too, is like how much rigor are those companies put in certificate or not? I think how much do they care about their customers? I, I don't know how you measure that or, or know that maybe on reviews and, and things like that. But I think you do have to put in some effort to like due diligence to make sure that you're buying the right products. Now, is it going to be perfect? No, nothing's perfect. Um, and to your point on the end of life, I do not have a like rebuttal on that one. Uh, it is very upsetting when you've purchased an expensive device that you are now supposed to rely on for like for years. It should last you years. It's not just a year. And then they, you know, the company decides that they don't want to support anymore. Google has done that to some of the Nest products. They still support them, but they're no like they're just they don't sell new pieces for it. I, I don't know. One of the reasons why we're friends and I think we make a good podcast hosts is you and I think differently about prob the same problem, but together we put our heads together and like, we come up with, uh, I don't know, hopefully a middle ground that our, our uh, friend and happy hour regulars appreciate. I'll, I'll call this out and this isn't smart home. This is just technology in general. Um, phones. Somehow tech companies have pulled this amazing trick on us where they convince us to get these $1,000 phones that two, three years later don't work anymore. And then that they convince us to get another one. 
And it's like this yep. incredible trick that everybody in the world has fallen for and nobody can do anything about because we just keep doing it. Uh, for instance, the Pixel 3, the Google Pixel 3, released in 2018. So that was, uh, what, three, four years ago? Yeah, end of life in uh, actually a couple days. No longer supported by Google. You can't call them for tech support, stuff like that. That was like a $700 phone and it's no longer supported arbitrarily because they there's no benefit to these companies that support old technology. The same with iPhones. Well, it's costly, right? Like sure. it, it's actually cost sure. the company to support that. But as a consumer, it makes me not want to invest in anything because I'm like, I'm putting my money into something that a couple of years down the road or even a couple of months down the road may or may not be supported. So I just don't have confidence in any of these things. And I don't know, man, like we, we can build phones that are resilient and phones that are last years and have regular patches. And that's like built into the cost of the phone. Like the company says, Hey, upfront, we know supporting this phone for the next five years, 10 years is going to cost us X. Let's bake this to the cost of the phone now. And we can just move on with our lives and it's all, it's all good but they don't. And we as consumers don't do anything about that. Again, I, I'm not anti-technology. That, that's, that would be kind of wild. I work in the middle of Silicon Valley. I, I'm a big fan. I've seen the amazing magic that technology is. I'm just like, we need to do better and we can do better. And this is, this is kind of like my, my plea to tech is like, come on, let, let's build things a little bit better. Uh, to me, Home, home devices, IOT, all of that thing is like the bottom of the barrel. Cause like literally anybody can make it. Like I can buy a Raspberry Pi, put a camera on it, make a nice box. You and I can market it, um, sell on Twitter, whatever. And like, <laughs> we can do this and no one's double checking and there's no scrutiny or enforcement. If we're like, Hey, six months later, there's version two and we're not supporting this one anymore. Sucks to be you. That is perfectly legal in today's world. And I mean, I, I don't know what to do about it. I, I'm not a fan of like big government or anything like that, but I don't know, man. <laughs> we could just yeah, we could do I, so much better than this. It's interesting, like the phone piece of it. I don't know. It's, I struggle. Like I, I totally hear what you're saying and I agree with that too. Is it's like kind of, it's just sad that you're like bought this device. It, it, it doesn't last long. Um, I mean, it still lasts like that Pixel 3 is still going to work you're just limited because certain things will come out or some of the like apps no longer work or you can't, you can't update the OS. And there's a lot of things like that just start to fizzle out. Um, you might get an extra year or two out of it, but, and then you start hitting more of those pain points with the phone. I look at it as in like, we've just become so dependent on them that it, it almost feels like you got such good use out of it. Even like a, but a thousand dollars is a lot of money, right? Is like, is a thousand dollars a year a good investment? No, like it, it should get a few years out of that, but it is something that we use on a regular daily basis that it makes me feel a little more comfortable that I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's the cost that like, I need this phone and I rely on it. I think that's maybe just what I've told myself for that job. Like, I don't know. And I think that's okay. And, and phones are an extreme example of like this ubiquitous technology that we're all dependent on. And yes, is it a good use for our money? Absolutely. I use my phone for, you know, minutes, hours every day. It's a very useful tool. I'm more pushing for either let's invest in the technology to make it more resilient and build in that support over time, or be straight up with you and be like, Hey, you buy this phone now, two years from now, it is not going to work. And that's just the way it is. And that's the expectation. And we'll take it, we'll trade it in, you do whatever. We, we established that system, but 
this whole system of like, I, I think you, you think you're investing in technology, but you're not, you're just buying like a share of it in the moment. Do we need subscription based like phones or something, Jim, like where I just pay like a monthly and every year I get a new phone or you know, maybe, or is it trading in the device? Yeah, maybe. maybe. I mean, maybe that's a more straightforward transaction between consumers and tech companies. It's like, Hey, we won't support this, but the good news is, uh, you don't have to use it past here. We're going to make sure you always have the latest and greatest. That's cool. It's kind of like with cars. If you're like, you get a car to a hundred thousand miles, you're like, cool. I feel pretty good about that. I've gotten the value. I thought I'd get out of my car. Cause like that, that's a long time. You make the 200,000. You're like even better. I'm doing well, but like you're, you don't have a reasonable expectation. That car is going to make it to 300,000 miles like that. That's well past everything on the car that it was designed for. And that's okay. And I think we kind of need the same for technology. It like, Either like let's let's build in some assumptions about how long this thing is going to last and be straightforward with the consumers about it, and like therein lies all of my problem with smart homes and all of these things. Of all like, right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit, hit I, got, I got I got to touch on, I got to touch on this car thing. Yeah. Um, it I mean I totally get it. I like your you know you know when you're like the hundred thousand miles is like a pretty good expectation. You're probably going to get more than that, but you start having to you know change the timing belt or there's things that start going. But now, Jem, your comparison was, you know, what, twenty, thirty thousand dollar item like a car. Sure. And sure. compared to my thousand dollar phone. So is there maybe a span like of life is that phone is actually I probably use it with my phone more than a vehicle too. That's probably not the case for no, I'm pretty sure that's the case for everyone. Everyone's on their phone more than they're driving. Maybe the phone is reaching its timeline, you know, relative to cost. Maybe that's what it's okay. Yeah. But like companies know this when, when they build things, they know approximately how long it's going to last, how long they can support it for. Like, be honest with that is kind of what I'm pushing for. And that's from the big tech companies, from the smaller companies, it's like, you need to have guaranteed support for X period of time for any device you purchase. And like, we don't care if the company goes under, gets purchased, whatever you keep these servers up and running. It is your statutory uh, responsibility under the law to do that. That's not asking that much that the thing I bought c continues to work for like a, a, a prescribed period of time, but we, we don't, yeah. and there is none of that. It's just like you roll the dice. You sure hope the thing you spent all this time wiring up to your house and it's like wired and everything continues to work time over time. But what if, what if the device is like, they last five years, Jim, like what's your beef with having automated stuff in your house? Like, come on, makes your life easier. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if easier is the right word, maybe more convenient, but I'm willing to trade some convenience for other things like resiliency and security. I, I just shared a photo with you and we'll, we'll share this in the, the show notes. Um, I don't know how we can paste photos in the show notes. We'll figure it out. We'll place it on Twitter. But Ryan, describe for the, the our front end happy hour regulars what you're seeing in this photo. Okay. So Jem has shared a photo, which I know that he has been recently shopping for a fridge and naturally Jem is going directly to the smart fridges because that makes a lot of sense. No kidding. I'm sure he did not buy a smart fridge, but he has a photo of him in an aisle take, taking a photo of this smart fridge that has a error message on the screen that is like <laughs> problems with the security certificate for this site. Not the best look when you're wanting to buy this expensive <laughs> fridge. I don't know what the difference is actually because the smart fridge is kind of fits in that world of why. Like, I don't know why I need that. Like, there are devices 
I get really excited about some devices that I can automate. I don't know why my fridge or stove, those things scare me. Why do you need to be smart and connected to the network? Cheers. Cheers. But I'm assuming, Jem, this fridge is more expensive than the one next to it that doesn't have the screen, correct? Uh, a bit more Probably. expensive. Yeah. Okay, so it's not not a huge difference, but that doesn't bode well. This not a really good <laughs> demo of it. I was walking through Home Depot just, you know, admiring fridges as one does when when one becomes married and buys a house and has a family. It's just you end up at Home Depot or Lowe's or home improvement stores. You just you can't fight it. You're just there all the time. Uh, do you agree with me, Ryan? Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like <laughs> that's that's the cool place to go is Lowe's or Home Depot. It's a sign of, of adulthood is you get excited and you're like, oh, man, I could refinish my deck. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, for for those of you who are a bit younger, this is adulthood. Get ready. This is this is what's <laughs> exciting. Uh, so I'm walking through Home Depot and I see this fridge with the the tablets built into it. And I'm like, but why, why? And then I look I look closely and it's yeah, there's a certificate error on the tablet, and it's for the fave icon on on the uh, from the browser. So it's not even like a real error. It's like oh, a, I didn't even go into what the error was. Oh, now I see that. That's even worse. Yeah, and that that right there is part of my problem with technology. Is like there's so much that can go wrong that I don't want that connected to me. I I, I know about software resiliency. I know about tests and all these things, and I know that the more complicated the code is, the more likely it is to break. That's just yep. I don't know some some law of something. Call it Ryan's law. Uh, <laughs> so like. I don't need my refrigerator breaking because they can't connect to Wi-Fi or something like that. And like, yeah, is that an extreme example? Sure. But like, that's where we're moving towards. We're moving towards um, Tesla's have features built into them, but you have to up, you have to upgrade that through the app. It's like, yeah. Oh, you want the extra battery range? You got to pay for that. That's a, to me, that's a very dangerous path. We're going down where, Oh crap. There's a software outage and my car won't work anymore. And like things, that we're relying on because they're connected to the cloud and this infrastructure that obviously will never ever go down. And like, we, we don't think about the long-term ramifications of this. So that's why I'm like, not everything needs to be connected, man. Like some things I just prefer to hold in my hand and it works when it works. And if it doesn't work, it's because it's broken, but not because some, some engineer pushed a bad fix somewhere at some point. Yeah. I think a lot of the devices and not all, they do have some sort of fallback and they should. Like, I actually like a lot of the light switches. You can get Wi-Fi connected light switches. They're a light switch. They work without being connected, but then they can also connect. And so if there is an error or issue, which I, I have actually had that where I've had to like reset it, but like it works on its own. It's still, you go up to the wall and you touch it and it works. And so I think that that should be taken into consideration. And I think to your point, Jem, not all the devices have thought that through. I'll make the joke too, is that, which you have not had to do this for me, by the way, <laughs> I love the smart lock because I don't have to carry keys around with me. And when I got this, and it's been years since I've had it, by the way, Jem first said that he's like, yeah, yeah, soon enough in a month's time, you're going to be like calling me because you're locked out of your house and need me to come help <laughs> you. True. I've never had to do that. But it's same thing goes in at that point, Jim, I could also lose my keys and I'd be in the same boat. Sure. But I have a physical backups of my keys. I think you have one of my house keys. So like that, that's a solvable problem. But when technology's down, literally no one can solve it. Case in point, 
the Facebook property outage, which essentially, essentially for a couple hours, um, not too long ago, Facebook was removed from the internet entirely. Like WhatsApp, Instagram, yeah. everything was just gone. And like they couldn't get into their own server rooms because they were all built on their their own technology. And I'm th and that that's what this is. It's like it's it's a it's a cry for reason. It's like come on, people. Like the internet isn't just like this big machine that can't ever stop working and being connected can't ever stop working. The internet goes down, the power goes out, all these things and scenarios that often aren't planned for when they're building smart home devices. And that's not what I want, man. This is real life. This isn't, oh man, I can't get on Tinder. That's really frustrating. That's that's not going to hurt anybody. But hey, my father's ventilator stops working because the Wi-Fi won't connect. That's a real problem. And that that is where we're headed in tech is like yeah. more connected things when we really need to be like, does it need to be connected to the network? Does it need to be smart? Can it just work? And like, is the, the cheers, cheers on network. And is like, cheers. is the connectedness additive? Is it really? Like, I, I think probably half the stuff in my house is Alexa or Google enabled. Why? I, I, I don't need that. that. That's cool. But you've added more connectedness that to me is just another point of failure uh, for something. And we don't know what that failure will cause, but we do know what cascading failures look like. And Facebook being gone is an example of a good cascading failure. And it happens to like mean, one of the largest tech companies in the world. It can happen to literally anybody. I survived. I didn't even notice that Facebook <laughs> and, and Instagram was down. That's because we use Signal. Um, but Signal yeah, goes down too. Or, yeah, I don't, I don't even use that that often. But I, I mean, Twitter is up. Where I was good. I'm happy. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it, it goes back to like it, what you said about the Facebook one is pretty funny is that it, yeah, they couldn't get into the rooms. And I think it's that type of area where you need to have fallbacks. Like you need to think through that. And I mean, we have fallbacks for a lot of things that you just have contingency plans for that. And I think to your point, Jem, not all the companies are necessarily thinking in that way. They're like, oh, it, it works. And when it works, it's good. But it's like, we can fall back to dumb. Yeah. The door yeah. lock, the door can still open or the light switch. I think it's a perfect example. It's like, yeah, I could be down for months and, and like, it's okay. It's still, it's still a button that works. Yeah. Being, being completely fair, uh, not completely fair, but being fair, this is a brave new world we're in. Like since the advent of the internet and the, and computers in human history, like we've just exploded in terms of capability and what we can do. So a lot of this is just purely untested. A hundred years from now, I promise we'll have more of this stuff figured out. Like that's the nature of thing. The the first uh, people to build a bridge, it probably collapsed in the first first gusty day, and then they learned, hey, maybe we should build with some more rigor. And then a few more bridges collapsed, and they figured it out. And it, it took a lot of sacrifice to get to where we are. My plea here is like, let's not sacrifice all that. Like let's learn that everything we take for granted in modern society is because people have died and people have we've learned the lessons of failure our houses are built with a certain standard that means the floor won't cave in when you walk on it and probably 100 or 50 years from now the, the floor will probably still hold up because like we've put that rigor in over time and enough people have suffered the consequences and we have building codes and we have all these codes let's start applying that to engineering software engineering as well and i'm not saying certifications or anything like that but like let's let's just be cognizant of this is real life and the things we do affect people so that time, <laughs> what, what is this just a long-winded way of telling, trying to get me to write your, trying to get you to write more tests? I'm like, so at the end of the day, write your unit test, Billy. Jeez, there's people depending on it. Uh, 
No, it, it's we need we need more tests. We always need more tests, and, and and that at the core of my argument is is my issue with smart home. It's like we know things are going to go wrong. We know we don't know what we're doing, but like let's admit that and not be brash. Be like, no, no, this will work. It's connected. It's got the latest uh, Bluetooth specification twenty or something like that. You don't know, and like assume for the worst and assume for the fail case, and like let's build against that and let's build from this stable base of. Okay, we know that in the worst case, it'll still work and everything will, we're, our security is airtight. Let's build off of that. But let's not run and gun Wild West cowboy style the way we're doing it currently. I, I just, I, I don't think that's sustainable. And it's only a matter of time before something really, really goes goes wrong. All right, I got a question for you, Jeff. Yeah. I don't disagree with a lot of the points, but there's also some merit to some of these devices being very useful and and maybe even to your point, it's like the trade-off is like you're actually could be helping save lives or making things a little bit easier. You know, you and I both have kids. Having a baby, you're constantly checking on them to make sure like there's things like SIDS. They can literally die while they're sleeping. Mm -hmm. There are connected devices to help with that. Like the cameras now, like you can be, you know, have good and there's been baby monitors in the past. Like I know when my parents probably had some like old I don't even know, probably not very good device <laughs> that, uh, you know, monitored sound, but now we can actually have these cameras that are, are able to see over the crib and see what's going on. And then there's even devices that monitor heart rate and you can, you know, if something did happen, you're getting an alert. So I think there's, there's things that could actually help. Maybe it didn't go through the rigor either if that fails, especially the heart rate monitor that fails, like that's not great at all. But I'm just curious, like, what are your thoughts on that? Like some of these devices could in fact, almost like some of the security risks, some of the rigor, you kind of say like, well, this is something I didn't have like years ago, but this is really beneficial now. Oh man, Ryan, you, you just set me up. I, I didn't even, we didn't even talk about this earlier and you just set me up so nicely. So I, I, we bought one of those devices. We bought, and I'm going to call this company out specifically, and you'll you'll find out why. We bought a uh, a Miku or Miku M I K U baby monitor camera, which monitors breathing. You know, it's a typical nursery cam that sits above the crib, but it does monitor air breathing, uh, temperature, humidity, all that, all that good stuff. Um, but at the core, it's it's a camera we can check on them, and it was more for peace of mind. Uh, because they, they will market it as like, this is not a medical device or anything like that. You know, they try to cover their butts as these companies do. And it was fine for a while. But for the past year, it like doesn't connect at night and it connects randomly. And what's frustrating about this is to me as a software engineer, the problem is obvious because during the day I can connect no problem. But at night when everybody else is connected to their baby monitors in the cloud and whatever, you can tell the server loads too high and people can't connect. Ooh. And it's a very simple yep. scaling problem. Like I know this from my years of experience of like, I can, it works in the day when no one's on it. It doesn't work at night or in the mornings. I'm fine with that because I had, oh, well, actually I'm not fine with it, but I, I'm aware of the limitations of technology and I accept that it's not going to work sometimes because like stuff happens. But this is a essentially like a baby monitor breathing device that you want to check on your baby. And at two in the morning, you hear a cry or a crash or something, you, you turn on your, you open the app on your phone and it doesn't connect and you're just terrified as a parent. And every parent has gone through this at some point, uh, probably multiple times in your life already. You're like, what is going on? I need to check on my kid. And that thing you counted on 
doesn't work. And this, the Miku smart camera does not work. It flat out just stopped connecting. It worked in the beginning. It doesn't work anymore. And I'm just like, the audacity of this company to not fix this problem. And this isn't me. You go on the Android app store. It has a one, a one star review from mm. like thousands of people. So like this is a longstanding problem, but they continue to sell this device with impunity. And like, again, there's no oversight. There's no enforcement saying like, this thing needs to work the way it's supposed to. It's like, oh, consumers will regulate themselves. But it, and it worked for a while, but like, this is something people are counting on. And yes, it's not a life-saving device, but it's a baby monitor, man. Like when you, when you need it, you need it. It needs to work. Yeah. And this thing doesn't work and they put no effort into fixing it. And that, that is one example of a real life thing that, you know, I tried the smart device and it just doesn't work. It's a camera at the end of the day and the camera doesn't even load. So these are solvable problems. There's just no will to fix them. And companies don't, don't care because there's no benefit to them. They already sold me the device. There's no money to be made in fixing these problems. Did you not read the reviews on it, Jeb? No, because when I bought it about a year and a half ago, it was working just fine. Never Those had any good problems. reviews? Yeah. And just the past year or so, it just has crapped out completely. Are you reading the reviews now? No, no. I was just curious when you had said that, because I'm like, yeah, I think that that kind of goes into the, like, you have to do a little bit more of your own research on that. And, and I usually you do. So I was curious. I was like, oh, well, that's odd. I've never tried the, the heart rate monitor one at all, but I know that that's a thing. I think that wasn't something that I had, or maybe just didn't even know about it when my son was born. But I thought I could see that being useful but i also saw it as being like oh if it starts to like fail a bit and starts going off like wakes me up at two in the morning I, and like i think my kid's not breathing like that would freak me out so much the camera thing if it doesn't work it's it's just frustrating but it's not gonna like send panic yeah that's frustrating i've i've definitely had the can cameras not that one and have had never had an issue uh, where it's not working throughout the night and everything. But you're right. There's points of failure that you now become dependent on it. And I think that that's maybe to your point that I'm arguing it, I guess, is that like <laughs> we now we come dependent on these devices. And if they're not working well, then that's a problem. I mean, I'm dependent on the Internet. We all are or like a lot of us are. And it's very, very frustrating when the Internet does not work. And that still happens. I care more about that sometimes than my water work. Like, seriously, like, it's like, I need the internet running, you know, for work, especially during COVID. It's like, yeah, you're on, on video calls and working all day long. It's a utility. It needs to be mm -hmm. there at, at all times. So you, you do become more dependent on these things. And I think they're, to your point, maybe a hundred years from now, or even hopefully even less that it's like, we, we are dependent on it, but it's a lot more reliable. Yeah. And and that's that's the like that tricky interplay we have is these like you said these devices are so convenient a lot of them do save people's lives and there, there's no mm -hmm. question that technology is a benefit to our lives it's just we've gotten sloppy with it we we assume things about it like we assume I don't know with, with this breathing monitor for for my son I assume they've written tests and they put a lot of money into security so someone can't hack in and like whisper terrible things to my son while he's sleeping. And like all these things, like we assume that like, isn't there like tech companies, you could have a shiny website and a great product or a, a great looking product and all these things. And you look behind that facade, it's, you know, 50 interns running around and then one product manager who's like yelling at people, but like, we don't see all that, but from our side in Silicon Valley and in the middle of tech, we, we have some insight into the behind the scenes and we know that stuff just isn't built 
that well. Like a lot of it's just show, uh, and there is no security or anything like that. So yeah, that that's that was my rant on smart home and all that. I hope you know I'm not anti-technology. It's just uh, we can do better, and I think we we need to do better as an industry. Do you still buy smart home devices, Jim? Rarely. There there is technology I like the Nano Leaf series. We're not in picks, but uh, I might as well make that my pick is the Nano Leafs. Um, Fantastic piece of technology. It, it connects every time. I've never had a single problem with it. Uh, don't at me on Twitter. Like, mine doesn't work. Mine has worked just fine. <laughs> um, they clearly put a lot of thought into the the interaction. They make it fast and stuff like that. There, There is lots of technology that I think is solid because, like, it's only built to do one thing, and it's not trying to be smart. It's not trying to uh, slurp your data or, like, be more connected than it needs to be. Just, like, do one thing. I think smart light bulbs, like you said, are a great example of that. Like, it only needs to do one thing. I don't need a speaker. I don't need a microphone. Don't need a camera built in. I just need a light bulb that works. And a lot of those do that. And it's great. But it's, yeah, it's just overreach and overpromising when, like, people know they can't deliver on these things. But they do it anyways without thinking of this is real life. And there are people at the other end who are suffering the consequences of just sloppy engineering. I like that, too. Maybe that's an, a piece where it's like, yeah, some of the devices are they trying to do too many things all at once. Like, cause even to the point with the baby monitor camera, which I was thinking about it too, is like baby products. Like I wouldn't want to do a technology around babies. Like, I feel like that's like, if we're going to put any rigor on things like that is absolutely like, you know, me getting locked out of my house is like not a concern <laughs> at all compared to like a small infant that like that, that's a whole nother thing. But yeah, maybe it, these devices like the baby monitor, it has like temperature, it has, you know, microphone, it has whatever else, like heart rate, all these different things. And they're trying to do so many things at once. And is that do one thing and just stick to that? You're right. Like the nano lights, you can control it from your phone mm -hmm. and connect it to a network. Cheers. Cheers. Kind of had to throw that one in. I felt like it had been a while. <laughs> it's been a little uh, dry. But yeah, so it, it is smart, but it's it's not trying to be like overly smart at that point. Yeah. I like that. All right. I feel like we definitely covered some things. I don't know if you've convinced me <laughs> not to do smart things, but I, I mean... Yeah, I, I definitely share some opinions where I, I'm not buying a lot of the products. I'll tell you that much. Like I, I definitely have to read reviews or I try some things and get really upset with them or frustrated and they're no longer connected at all because I'm, I just, I don't have the time of day for it. But I have found some that were, I find them to be very useful. They work great. They haven't really been a pain point where they're failing. And so that's been great. Like I, I get excited when those things, like I get them all set up. Like, Jem, you get excited going to Home Depot, Lowe's. I'm like, there's times where I'm like, I get really excited, like setting up a cool new device and it, you know, I can get something automated and it feels, it's a toy to, for the house. And I, I enjoy that. But if it starts to bring pain uh, where it's like you come relying on it and it's not working, I'm with you. That's frustrating. So, I mean, that, that's, I think we left off in a pretty good spot. I mean, it's just Jem and my like thoughts on this. I'm sure everyone else uh, has their own opinions. You know what? Actually, hit us up on Twitter on the front end happy hour at front end HH. Tell us like what your th thoughts are on smart home and tell us the devices that you like or dislike. I would love to see that. I'm sure you would, Jem, too. Let's hop right into picks. I want to hear all your smart home device picks for us, Jem. Go ahead. For picks today little light i could go through my list of broken dreams and disappointing home technology but i won't uh and i won't call out my 
anti-Silicon Valley pick with the Miku smart breathing monitor slash nursery cam that does not work. <laughs> and I do not recommend it with my strongest. Do not recommend. This is your child. Don't don't F around with, with companies that don't care about you. Um, I'll pick a, a show. I have, of course, going to pick the um, what is now the most popular television show uh, right now in the world, which is, of course, Ryan, what is it? Well, it's got to be Squid it's Game. Squid Game uh, on Netflix. So good. It, it was good. The uh, I felt the end episodes kind of dragged on a bit longer than they needed to. Like we kind of knew where it was going, but they they stretched it out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but on a whole, I, I love the concept, and this is what I love about Netflix. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because I work there, and we both do. I like that. Netflix brings stories from other cultures because I think it's one thing to preach like diversity and inclusion and like you should always get another viewpoint and like you should respect other cultures that are different from yours and I think that's easy to say but in practice it's really difficult to look at someone who does things very differently and, and be like I don't understand you all are weird that that's you all do you I'm never gonna make an effort to understand but when we can tell stories and share these stories with other people that that is so powerful. And that's what I, I really like about working, working at Netflix is like, we have the chance to communicate through stories in a way that like, Hey, they're not trying to preach to you about anything, but would you have anything about what it's, would you know anything about what it's like being uh, debt ridden in South Korea? No, why would you, but you've now watched a story and like, yeah, the story has, uh, has a larger point, but that was insight I never would have known about. And now I do. And I, I, I have a bit more empathy for people in other countries who are struggling with debt and poverty and all these other things. And that that's really, to me, what Squid Game is, is like globally around the world, we now have leveled up our kind of cultural IQ just a little bit more than we did before. And before before Netflix, before the internet, like that was not possible. We, we no, never would I mean, have even just Hollywood movies that we really see, it's, it's not, I'm sure you could tr try really hard to go get those niche films and TV shows that are out there. But yeah, I, I really appreciated that. And even seeing how popular something like Squid Game is in the US is amazing to see. It's like, here's this Korean story that's being filmed and, and made in Korea and then brought to the U.S. and people love it. Like that's so cool. And I'm, I'm not just the U.S. It's it's a it's worldwide. Is uh, a lot of people are watching it and really enjoying it. And I think that's that's so powerful and so cool. That was my biggest takeaway. Like I enjoyed the story and everything too, but uh, that felt really cool to see. Yeah, I'm excited for what we have next. I know uh, in uh, later half this year or later part of this year in 2022, we have some big shows coming out. But I'm just as excited to hear about these stories and from around the world and like understand that it, it doesn't matter what language you speak or where you grew up or your socioeconomic background or education. We all have these common human burdens that we all share. And like, that is what makes us human. And like, we should stop arguing over these petty things like politics and ethnicity and understand we all bear these same burdens. And that that's, that's the power of a good story. And like, honestly, that's one of the reasons why I work at Netflix. Anyways, that was not a Netflix promo. It just, that's just the way these conversations shape sometimes. Uh, it's awesome. <laughs> that That is my only pick. Awesome. I have two picks. One is, oddly enough, a smart home device. <laughs> Yay! Stay on brand. Um, and it, it's actually just such a small little device, but 
and it's probably kind of maybe even fits into the worry it's a smaller company so you know take it with a grain of salt um but there is a, a company that's called starling they made a small little device that connects to your network cheers it, it it basically extends some of the google nest products to other like to some of the apple ecosystem that you just couldn't do before because Google and Apple haven't always played nice on that side of the fence of, of some of the smart devices. And so it just, it tightens that up a little bit. And I really like that. And that's actually one of my pet peeves. We haven't, we didn't even really cover in the smart home devices is like everything has its own app. And like, I want things more tied into one centralized place and where you can have something automate off of another thing. If there's a motion that it the lights turn on or whatever it is like you can do certain things like that and and that's sometimes what's really bothered me it's felt limiting on that and so this device does a little bit better to try and connect some of those pieces so i thought that was kind of cool I just recently tried it out and I've been, I've been impressed it was really easy to set up seems to be working good you know maybe i should hit me up in a month or two if it's still working i hope <laughs> it is uh I, I so far has been really good I, I i do like it um so that's my first pick and then my second pick is a TV show, not on Netflix. While my awesome binging of Squid Game, I needed something a little bit lighter. It's, it's a deep story. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know what else to put it. But as my cleanse show, I've been watching a show called Only Murders in the Building on Hulu. It has Steve Martin, Martin Short, uh, Selena Gomez. They're like these three strangers that live in a building um, in New York. And then they end up getting together to solve a murder that was happened in the building. And it's kind of cool because it, they end up creating a podcast around it. And it's, it's definitely like poking fun at all the like true crime podcasts out there. Even some of the, like the music in it even reminds me of a podcast serial. Like it definitely has even some of that like background music that they use. And so it's like playing throughout it. it it's a, a little bit of like a dark comedy and they're trying to solve a murder I, i've been really enjoying it so definitely worth checking out maybe to get a little less deep than on murders it's not as deep as something like uh squid game which is awesome show all right well thank you all for listening to gem and my special rants on smart home <laughs> it was a lot of fun just hearing gem's perspective and i, th I think there's there's definitely some overlap i think that we kind of met in the middle in some places and, and then on the other ends of the fence, which is perfectly all right. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Twitter at FrontEndHH. You can listen to us on whatever you listen to podcasts on. And you can go to FrontEndHappyHour.com. Any last words, Jim? Brian, would you use a subscription-based fire extinguisher? No. <laughs> but then again, I guess like... Do they come and like fill up my fire extinguisher, check it out and everything, make sure that it's okay? Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's okay, right? That they're they're oh, no. like they're See? taking care of it. <laughs> Gem, what about a Wi-Fi enabled chainsaw? Ooh. Yeah, sign me up. What could possibly go wrong with that? Just leave Nothing. it sitting there. My son's wandering around. It won't actually turn on or anything like that. I'm sure. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and why would you ever, ever need that to be smart? <laughs>